Thank you, Pastor Steve. Okay, the clock is going. Because usually I forget that and then we're halfway through and I'm too excited. Um, good morning, church. I am very excited to be with you today. Um, this topic, uh, I'm going to be speaking on the armor of God, but a specific part of the armor of God. I'm going to be speaking on the helmet of salvation. And this has been very interesting for me this week because I was like, helmet of salvation is great. Because, you know, when you're learning these scriptures um, as a child, you're like, oh my gosh, that's easy. Helmet of salvation. Let's move on to the next thing breastplate of righteousness. That's a bit of a mouthful, right? And you know, all these other things you have to remember, but you know, helmet of salvation is very easy. But imagine trying to then speak about it for 30 minutes. Where do you even begin? But it's been very exciting as I have been digging into the word and just asking the Lord for revelation because it's a, it's a statement we take for granted, but we don't understand the magnitude that is packed inside of it. So actually this whole morning, we have been sing singing about salvation, basically. Basically, I was like, literally, I was like, okay, stealing my word. Oh, the song, it's stealing my word. And I was like, okay, if God is repeating something, then really he wants to get our attention, especially on a hot day like today, right? Because maybe you're just going to hear one sentence that I say, and the rest might just be taken away by the heat. But you know what? I'm just going to trust Holy Spirit that he is going to speak and we're going to hear what he has to say and be filled with what he has equipped for us. Amen. Amen. You're with me on the journey. Yes. Yes. I love that. All right. So before we start, I'm going to um, read through our scripture just in case you've forgotten. For some people, I think by now you might have this memorized. If you don't, don't worry, it's okay. We're a, an encouraging church and we say carry on reading the word of God. So our scripture for this series is taken from Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. So I'm going to read it for you and then we're going to focus on verse 17. All right. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on your full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, this is the part, put on your full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. If you count how many times it says stand your ground, that's another repeat. So if today there has been a repetition of the salvation of God in our lives. It means that God really wants us to get it, not just for ourselves, but we get it so we have a hunger for our community, so that we have a hunger for the people that are standing next to us. All right, stand firm then with the, have I missed something? Yeah, okay, let's go back to verse 13. It says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit in all occasion with all kinds of prayers, requests. With this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all of God's people. 
So today we're going to focus on verse 17 and it says, well, half of verse 17 because, you know, I think Mark is going to finish the rest next week. But half of verse 17 and it says, um, take the helmet of salvation. And we're going to focus in the Passion Translation where it actually expands on this. And I think it gives a beautiful picture of what the helmet of salvation is for us. It says, embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance. So you're embracing the power of salvation, not just your gold ticket that gets you to go to heaven, because some of us are sitting in church and going, do you know what, tick, I gave my life to Jesus, I'm going to heaven, I come to church on a Sunday, I'm going to sit back, I'm just going to have a great time. But actually, the Word of God says, embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance, like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. So I'm going to have three amazing people that are going to come up and do a beautiful demonstration for us. This is your moment, my models. Yes. Yes, they're coming. Ian has had to fill in for his beautiful wife because she's in kids' church. Um, and last minute, he has had to do that. So, Ian, I'm very thankful. Ellie has had to fill in for her brother, who has lovely um, provided the helmet. <laughs> Which is too Is it too big? Go for it. Yep. Oh, look at that. Beautiful. All right. So if you are wondering what kind of helmet that the Bible is talking about, we are so thankful for this church because they have any kind of prop that you could ever think of. Um, so if you ever are speaking or ever you're doing something amazing, don't worry. Just ask somebody in church and they'll direct you to the right person. So this is the helmet we're talking about that Ellie is beautifully modeling for us. The helmet of salvation is a Roman helmet. <laughs> You see, this church, we love to have fun. So this is what we're looking for. This is the visual that you need. But some of you, when I talked about the helmet, you might have been thinking about, you know, lovely Chris Mills. Um, from the day that Chris has walked into this church, I think he regretted the fact that he said hi to me and became my friend because I get him to do awkward things that he does not like. But because we are friends, he suffers for the kingdom of heaven. So this is what Chris is doing right now. So... I called him at like silly o'clock last night because I forgot to ask him about this. So he is just a gem. So he has this kind of helmet. So some of you might be thinking this. Sorry, I'm just going to close it for a little while. I know he does look like he's about to pass out. Um, I'm sorry, Chris. We'll, we'll be fast. Um, so this is the protection you're thinking, right? Full coverage. You know, you've got all that protection that you need. I don't know if a bullet is going to go through it, but it must. Okay. All right. Chris has affirmed. It will. No, we're not going to try that. But this helmet is built for speed, right? It's to protect you at very fast speeds. If you want to know about um, motorcycles, please ask Chris Mills. You can ask my dad. He used to own one. I'll share a story about that later. This kind of helmet, which <clears throat> isn't really protecting much, is it? There are a few holes that are happening in there, but it's not really for high speed, is it? Well, if you get hit by a car, you know, it might, you know. It's for a slower speed than a motorcycle, but it's going to protect you in the places that you need the protection. But this is not the helmet we're talking about today. We are talking about this helmet. So, Ellie, if you can just step forward, just do a little twirl for us. So you see how it's covering all these areas. It is metal. It's padded inside, apparently. I've never tested to see what it's like. All right, so 
it says that it should be padded inside. A real one should be padded inside. But, you know, this is what we're thinking about. So when we're talking about the helmet of salvation, have this picture of what is going on. Let's give a round of applause for our beautiful models. You can take your seats. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ellie. Thank you, Chris. Please don't pass out on your way to your seat. <laughs> also, please be my friend. I promise I won't embarrass you and bring you on stage whenever I speak. Um, but I just wanted us to have that picture of that is what Paul was talking about when he said the helmet of salvation. We know what a helmet looks like. It's got all the coverage from the back. So if somebody were to come to you from the back, you are covered and protected. Your brain is protected. What happens when your brain stops working? It's, it's easy. You're dead. Like nothing else functions. Thank, thank you, Lord, for technology. Machines can keep you going until if you ever get revived, you get revived. If you don't, then we have to turn off the machines and you're dead. When your brain is dead, it's dead. Why would Paul give us an example when it comes to the armor of God to have the helmet of salvation that is covering all the vital parts? It's because we need to protect our brain. When we think of our brain, what are we thinking about? We're thinking about our mind. What happens in our mind? There are thoughts that are going in our mind. So why is salvation associated with the mind? We need to know what our identity is. When we say yes to Jesus Christ, you are letting go of the old and you're saying yes to the new. The old person that you used to be, that did not know who God was, that was just struggling through life, that was just getting by. When you meet your creator, when you meet your savior, and you say yes to him, the old has gone, the new has begun. So when the new has begun, it means the old things that are in your head, they need to stop. They need to be replaced with the newness of who God has created you to be. All right, we're going to go to 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 8. So if you just thought Ephesians was the only part that talks about the helmet of salvation, actually 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 8 also talks about the helmet of salvation. It says, but let us who live in the light be clear-headed. Clear-headed. Again, we're talking about the head. Be clear in your mind. Protected by the armor of faith and love. Wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. If you just thought it was just a one-liner that was just added, that looked good in the armor of God, there is more power to what it means to have the helmet of salvation on because it is giving us a clear mind, a clear mind from the enemy's thoughts. You know, yes, last week, um, Pastor Steve was talking about the uh, shield of faith and the fiery darts of the enemy. Those darts are coming for you. Those lies are coming for you. There are things that are already in your head, but let me tell you, outside, there are things that are thrown at you constantly. So if you're not actively having the helmet of salvation on your head, if you're not actively knowing who you are in Christ, my friends, we're going to let things come into our minds that are contrary to who God says that we are. So I just want to read that again. But let us who, let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love. And wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. 
Let's be secure in who God has called us to be. So some of you, your salvation, you're like, yeah, I've been a Christian for however many years. Um, I've been a Christian for, I should have calculated this. It's been a few years. Um, Okay, I can't. I can't do the math right now. But um, it's there. I know my mom would be very disappointed. Um, She drilled math into my head so bad. So I should be able to do this quick arithmetic, but I can't. Let's say 20 plus years. So I've been a Christian for 20 plus years. And I grew up in the church. I grew up in a traditional church. But the age of 12, I was awakened to who Jesus Christ was. I want to say awakened because all this time I was in church, but you know, I was like, yeah, Jesus is great. And I was just being a good person, to be honest. You know, I was being a good person. I'm, I'm a Christian who goes to church. You know, Pastor Steve was talking about that religiousness. I religiously went to church. I was a good person in my own strength. But I could not sustain that. I would sustain it for a day, maybe two days maximum. That's on a good week, you know, when things are really going well and your little brother hasn't come to annoy you. That's a good week, you know. You, you can make it for those two days. But, you know, the rest of the week, it's not going to be so great. And again, I would come back to Sunday and I'm asking, Lord, would you forgive me? I need more of you. I'm going to be a better person again. But the day that I was awakened to Jesus Christ in my life at the age of 12, things changed. My mind hadn't changed that much, but my heart had changed. I knew who my Savior was. And from that, step, from that day forward, I desired to be more of who God had called me to be. Salvation is not just our gold ticket to heaven. It's more than that. It's for us to be transformed to who God has called us to be. It's for us to live in the fullness of who we were called to be. And as we do that, we give permission for other people to be the reflection of who God has called them to be. You know, and that, that is what we are looking for. So as we sit in this church and we look out into our communities, there are people who still don't know who Jesus is who may have heard about Jesus, who may have grown up in church, but they haven't accepted him in a way that he transforms their life and they walk in a different way. And that's what we need to be doing. That's the burden that we need to be carrying in our hearts. So if anyone knows me, I am not um, gifted in evangelism by nature. I'm more of a one-to-one kind of person. So when I said yes to missions, I thought missions was about, you know, people standing on the street and, you know, they're saying, come to Jesus. And they have that passion. That's I have a passion and zeal for Jesus. But I might not be that confident person that's going to stand on the street. I've had to do it a few times, you know, I'll lay down my life for the sake of the gospel I've had to do it and I rejoice in doing it but it doesn't come as naturally as it would for Stuart you know he is I look up to him and I'm go he's amazing you know he will go out there he will preach the gospel and I'll say I will come along and be the person that goes and prays for people individually but in that we all have a call to bring people to Jesus Christ we all have a call to share the gospel What are you going to do in your everyday life? What is the one thing that God has given you to go out and to share about who Jesus is? It may not be a long-winded story, but actually there you have been equipped to know what it means to share who God is. 
But if we don't have a transformation in our mind, if we're not renewed, if we don't take hold of the helmet of salvation and see the magnitude of what God has done for us, we won't have that burden to go and tell other people. We'll just be happy with our gold ticket and be ready to go to heaven. All right, so we're going to look at some verses about salvation. The one that um, most people might know, John 3, verse 16, which uh, when I was growing up, it was used a lot, you know, um, and it says that, for God so loved the world. I was like, what does it say? Yes. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And that's that, that is the gift that God has given us, that we would say yes to him, that we would not perish, the thing that happened in the Garden of Eden is that when we welcome sin into our lives, we were separated from God. But what Jesus did is that he bridged that gap so that we could have relationship with God, so that we could be reconciled to him. And we need to keep remembering that. In John 14, verse 6, it says, Jesus explained, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me. To know me is to know my Father. You know, the NLT says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. That is the promise that Jesus has given us. In Romans 10, verse 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Again, it's not about our good deeds. It's about actually confessing with our mouth and laying down our lives and saying Jesus is Lord. 1 Peter 1 verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Again, it's reminding us again about this beautiful gift that God has given us. Colossians 1 verse 19 to 20, it says, God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. We are saved by grace and not by our own doing. So when we think about salvation, it's not in our own power. When we think about the transformation of our mind, it is not in our own power. Because in our own strength, we will just make it a few hours, a day, two days, and then we're back to it again. But when we are reminded of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, when we are reminded of the decision that we have made, we call on someone who is higher than we are who comes in the gap and stands in there and gives us the strength to walk in righteousness, gives us the strength to be who God has called us to be. Our protection for our mind is salvation, the finished work of the cross. Knowing that we are saved from our sin, we are born again in Christ. In Christ, we are a new creation. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 to 21 it says therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation the old has gone the new has come all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting men's sins against them he has com 
he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though Christ were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. This is the message. This is what we have been given as followers of Jesus Christ. That we have been reconciled to God, but we are to reconcile others to God. When you're an ambassador, and if you go to, we're in the UK, if you go to the American embassy, the people that are there, who are they representing? It's very easy. Who are they representing in the American embassy? They're representing America. So when people come into this church, when people meet you as an ambassador of Christ, who are you representing? Jesus Christ. It's just really simple. I know today is very simple, but I want us to get the simplicity of the gospel because sometimes we complicate it too much and we go about thinking we have to be these great ministers that have gone to you know, ministry school and all of that. God is just telling us very simple. Paul is saying it very simple that we are to be agents of reconciliation. We are to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ. So today my question is, how are you being an ambassador of Jesus Christ in your environment? Very simple. It's about sharing who God is. It's about sharing your salvation and what God did for you at the cross. Um, we're going to look at um, Romans 12 verse 2. And um, this says, I thought, okay, there we go. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is in your life. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When we say yes to Jesus Christ, we now have to transform our mind and it needs to be renewed to who God is, to who God has called us to be. That is your truth. You know, in this day and age, there's a lot of truths that people are saying. Your truth, my truth, his truth, whatever truth. It's happening. As Christians, we can get lost in all of that. That's why we need the helmet of salvation, because there is only one truth. You know, Jesus said in John, it says, I am the way the way, the pathway to God. He is the truth, not many truths, the truth to Jesus. Jesus is the truth to God. That is our truth that we hold on to. We need to take a hold of our word and be passionate and hear who we are. We need to be putting on our helmet of salvation every day, every day, even when we go to sleep. You know, when Pastor Steve was sharing, he said, the armor of God is not for you to take off when you go to bed. You know, when you go to bed, you take off your work clothes, you put on your pajamas. You don't take off your armor of God. You know, at nighttime, you need it more than you do even during the day because at that time, things on, you're not conscious of what's happening and you need that protection. We need the protection of the salvation of being reminded of who God is. So I'm just going to share three things of how the enemy attacks our mind. So the three things how the enemy attacks our mind, he attacks our identity, who we are. Do you believe in the salvation and Jesus Christ dying on the cross for you? You, he chose you to make that amazing sacrifice just for you. The other thing that the enemy attacks is our belief in God. 
How many times do we question, is God even real? Can God really heal me? Can God really come through for me in this circumstance? I'm not saying that it's, it's something that's easy and it's just like, yes, healed in the name of Jesus. It's all gone. But will you have faith? Our journey with Jesus Christ is about having faith. The substance of things hoped for. The things that we cannot yet see manifested in the physical, but we believe in who God is. That he is all-powerful that he is able to do the impossible. This is the foundation in which we need to stand on. Because if we say yes to a savior coming and saving us, and we don't have to pay anything for it, could we do the least is just stand in faith and say, God, you are who you say you are. And we need to hold on to that belief. And we can only do that if we're reading more of our word and being reminded of who he is. The third thing is to take every thought captive. In um, verse 17, when we read earlier on about the helmet of salvation, it says, embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect you, to protect your thoughts from lies. Take every thought captive that is happening. Don't wait for it to fester. Don't wait for it to take root. You know, my favorite season is um, springtime. I love springtime because everything just looks beautiful, you know. In places where it was barren, where it was just like there's no life, just these flowers just come up. And um, one of my friends, um, Lucy, she's in YWAM. Her dad is a gardener. And I went to visit her parents for the first time. So we had known each other. In YWAM, you know each other. Youth with a Mission, um, the mission that I'm in. You know each other for like years on end. So we've known each other for seven years, but I never met her parents because, you know, we're always on the other side of the world. So finally, we're in the same country at the same time, which also just never happens because we all have to stagger our holidays differently. So I meet her, her family and it's amazing. And her dad is a gardener, like an avid gardener. Like he has everything under the face of the earth in his garden. It even has sections, even a wild section for the bees to, that's a, that's a new thing, right? In the UK where you have a wild garden and you have every, I'm looking at Sheena and Sheena's like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, it's a new thing. Just trust me on this one. It's a new thing where you have wild um, flowers and so that the bees cannot become extinct and pollinate. I, they say it better than I do. I'm not an avid gardener. Anyway, so he has everything in his garden. So he gave me a few cuttings, and I'm thinking, I'm driving my mom's new car, right? And I'm thinking, oh, these cuttings, I have to drive back home for a good hour and a half. And, you know, I just like to, okay, not Speedy Gonzalez, but, you know, you know, I stay in the limits, don't get tickets. But, you know, I'm not going to, like, go like on a snail's pace so we just lay everything down and he gives me all these cuttings and I'm like is it really necessary and you don't know what the finished product is anyway full circle around a whole year later our front um, part of the garden my dad planted them beautifully and they've come out and they're just so beautiful it was these daisies and these beautiful white flowers which have a name I'm sure my dad knows what the name is but they're beautiful and I just thought do you know what you would never have known that when we got the little cutting. We would never have known that when we're going through winter, when we're going through all the other seasons. But when it came out in spring, the beauty of it, of what happened, that is our journey with Jesus Christ. You know, that is the journey that he has given us, that when we plant things in our mind that are not of God, if we let them stay in there, they're going to come out something that is not something that we want. And to try and uproot that from the root is going to be that much more painful. Yeah. 
But if we're planting the word of God, if we're planting truth, what then blossoms in our minds is way much greater than what the enemy is putting in our heads. So when we are being told to hold captive every single thought, hold it. Don't let it fester. Don't let it grow. Don't let the seed plant into your mind because when those roots come, it's going to be a little bit hard to kind of uproot those. So in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 to 6, it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world or on on the contrary they have divine power to demolish strongholds we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God we take captive every thought to make obedient to Jesus Christ and we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete This is what's going on in our minds. This is the battle that is happening. So when we hold every single thought captive, every argument that is against the word of God, that is against who he is, and we submit it to Jesus Christ. We don't chuck it out in our own strength because trust me, it'll come back and just rebound like a boomerang. It'll go, come back. But in Jesus Christ, when we chuck it out, it goes. It doesn't come back. So in closing... What are the things that we can do to overcome the attack on our minds? We need to believe who God says that we are. We are a new creation in Christ. The old has gone, the new has come. Believe who God says he is. That's the second one. We need to believe who God says he is. We need to help our unbelief to believe who God says that he is. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And the third one is hold every thought captive before it takes root in your mind. Hold back those fiery dots of the enemy. Don't even let them get anywhere near your helmet. Don't let it get anywhere near your salvation. Put on that helmet of salvation and stay strong. Let's not take lightly our salvation as I'm closing. Let's be reminded of this. Let's not take lightly our salvation. It's more than just saying yes to Jesus Christ in our lives. It's being who God has called us to be. It's transforming our minds to the fullness of who we are created to be before sin entered our lives. We were created to be beautiful, to be free of the things that we wrestle with. So when we say yes to Jesus Christ, he's just aligning us to our original state to who we were called to be. And as I close, I want to close with this um, scripture in um, Psalm 51. Um, Psalm 51 verse, uh, verse 12. And it says, Restore to me the joy of our salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. So as I finish, some of us, yes, we have had We've said yes to Jesus Christ. We've had our gold ticket of salvation. But some of us, that's where we have left it. For some of us, there are times where we were on fire for God and we were wanting to tell everyone about who God was. And then life happens and we're just happy with our gold ticket. And we're just happy to just sit back. Would we be awakened today? 
Would we be saying this prayer over our lives today? That, Lord, would you restore the joy of my salvation? Bring it back again that I would be on fire for you, God. That it would be so contagious that as I walk being an ambassador of Christ, that others will know the saving grace of what your son did on the cross. So today I'm going to pray for two people. We can bow our heads as I finish. I want to pray for somebody who might be in this room who hasn't given their life to Christ, who hasn't said yes to Jesus. You might have been sitting here and hearing everything that I'm saying and being like, oh yeah, that's great, but I I have no idea who this Jesus is, but I want to know who he is. I want him in my life. I want my life changed. So if that is you today, I want to give you the opportunity to raise up your hand. I'm not going to get you to come up to the front, but that's your declaration. Remember, it says, if you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, he is just to forgive us. So if that is you today, would you lift up your hand and say, I'm saying yes to Jesus today. I'm saying yes to the finished work at the cross. I'm saying yes to being born again. If that is you, you can lift up your hand right now. And for the second one, I'm going to give us all an opportunity to restore the joy of our salvation. If that is you, from the time that you said yes to Jesus and something has just dulled in your your response to this is who God is in my life, If that is you today that you say, I just want to be awakened again to the salvation that Jesus has given me. I want to be, I want the joy to be restored again to the salvation that Jesus has given me. If that is you today, would you lift up your hands and we're going to pray together. We're going to pray together and just really be asking the Lord to awaken that. So Heavenly Father, Would you awaken the joy of our salvation today? Lord, as we have been reminded again and again of the sacrifice that you have made, have we been reminded what it means to protect our minds with the salvation that you have given us? Would you restore today the joy of our salvation? Would you awaken us, Lord? Awaken us to return to our first love to what it was like in those first days when we were full of zeal. Would you awaken us, Lord? Would we be on fire again so that we could share who you are, so that others would know who you are, Lord, because of who you have been in our lives. So Heavenly Father, I pray for each and every person in this room, for each person who's lifted up their hands, for the ones that are on fire, for the ones that are being active, for the ones that are sharing. Heavenly Father, I pray a shield of protection over each and every person in this place. I pray that we would be active about your armor, Lord, that as we walk out of this place today, that we would be so conscious of the helmet of salvation over our minds, the helmet of salvation in every thought that is within our heads, that we would hold it captive before it even plants a seed. Lord, I speak that over each and every one of us today. And I pray in no other name but the name of Jesus. Amen.